there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. FM, the program is soul to soul, and it is Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Tetzave, Tov Shin Pei Beis, and an incredibly warm welcome to every single one of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for allowing yourself to open your heart, to open your mind, to open your ears, to share some Divrei Torah, to share some inspiration, to allow yourself to be lifted up and perhaps be able to celebrate this Shabbos on a different plane, on a different level of understanding, and on a different sort of frame of, of consciousness. It is deeply appreciated that, that you join us. Let's get right into it. So, of course, we know, and the Balaturim points it out, uh, quoting the Zaya, that the Torah doesn't mention Moshe Rabbeinu's name in this Pasha at all. Indeed, from Moshe's birth in Sefer Shmos, no other Pasha excludes the name of our leader and the, the, uh, the Rabban shall call Yisrael. The absence of Moshe's name in the Pasha is due to his reaction to Hashem's desire to enact the ultimate punishment against the Jewish people. Right? Their initiation of and unfortunately participation in the gold, the Avera of the golden calf was a, a spiritual descent that actually rendered them undeserving of the privilege of being Hashem's chosen people. Moshe responded, if you choose to do this, then erase my name from, from your book, the Torah. Now, when a Torah scholar, especially one, who had achieved the, the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, issues forth such a klala, such a, a, a malediction, even if it is al-tanai, even if it is contingent upon a specific criteria, it will reach fruition. Since Moshe's yard site is usually during these weeks, in fact, it was Zion Adar, which was on, on Tuesday. The Torah chose Parshas Tetzave as the likely Parsha from which to delete his, his name. This needs elucidation. Moshe stood up for the nation. We have no question that the sin of Kleisel reflected a lack of trust on their part. Yet Moshe as a responsible leader, had to do whatever he could to, to seek uh, forgiveness for their actions. Is this a valid reason for him to be punished? Our leader was prepared to relinquish his entire future, his spiritual ancestry, and, 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 and uh, an opportunity to rise to even greater heights just to save his nation. Is that a reason? for him to be censored. Furthermore, ask Rabbi Sternbach Schlitter, the Zaira Kaddish in Pashas Nayach states that Hashem criticized Nayach for not acting like Moshe. When Hashem informed Nayach that the entire world population was going to be destroyed except for him, Nayach accepted the decree without arguing on behalf of the people. The flood is called Main Nayach, the waters of Nayach, because he did not present a defense of Kleiso. Moshe, on the other hand, was prepared to give up everything for the people. Yet, he was punished for this. Is, is the critique consistent with Moshe's uh, appeal? So, Shomach explains that the the deletion of Moshe Rabbeinu's name from Pashas Tetzave is not a punishment, but rather 
a compliment which lords his exemplary mysterious nefesh, his self-sacrifice on behalf of Kleisel. Hashem wanted his people to remember for all time that Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to sacrifice his own spiritual growth if it would somehow spare the Jewish nation. Thus, we should learn out that Mesiris Nefesh is a primary sense of devotion, especially if one sacrifices his ruchnius, his own spirituality, to save other people. This is 11.9, Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. There's so much more to talk about. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kriyesh, Parshas Tetzaveh, Tov, Shin, Pei, Beis. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for so much for participating in the show, for spending some time together, so we can all give each other a bit of a chizok, so we can strengthen ourselves, so we can work on learning some Torah together to become stronger and better and more observant and more conscious Jews in our, in our lives. <clears throat> and this week is such a beautiful week for talking about some of these very, very important ideals because this week, Pasha's Tetzaveh, the main topic that is discussed in this Pasha is, of course, the manufacture of the special clothing that was worn by the Kayanim, and even more, the very, very special garments that were unique and were worn by the by the Kain Godel, by the high priest who was who did the greatest things on, on Yom Kippur. He was the one that went into the Holy of Holies, into the Kaisha Kadoshim, and effected Kapara, effected a, a atonement for the entire for the entire Jewish nation. So in the Pasha, one of the central clothing that the Kain Godel used to wear was the Choshen. The Choshen was a, a breastplate that he wore on his chest and we know it contained 12 precious stones, each one representing the one of the 12 tribes of, 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 uh, of the Jewish nation. And the Pesach says at the end <coughs> that the the Choshen uh, had a folded up flap and into that flap the Torah tells us that you shall place into the Choshen special, special power that was given to the Choshen where there was a, a piece of parchment with Hashem's name that was put into it and it had very, very special powers, which we'll discuss in a minute. But you are lave Aaron, there shall be over Aaron's heart. When he comes in before before Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and we know that there's a, actually a discussion amongst the Yerushalayim, amongst the commentaries. What is this Urim v'Tumim? So Rashi, Rashi explains. There in chapter twenty-eight, verse thirty, huksav. It's a it's a written piece of parchment, shema mafirish, on which was written the explicit, ineffable name of Hashem, that was put into the folds of the chayshin, shal yodai that through that who mayor it was able to light up certain letters and therefore give clear messages and it was it was perfect it would give clear and, and un, unmistakable messages to the nation rashi says that quoting the gemara in yuma daf ein gemara now in the second besamikash so there was a khishan because uh, Kohen Gadol is not allowed to serve unless he's wearing all the clothing that he has to wear. If he doesn't have a chashen, he doesn't have his eight clothing, and it would be invalid for, for service. But that name of Hashem, that ineffable name, wasn't 
inside the Choshen. And uh, about that, that's why it's called Choshen Mishpat, the, the Choshen of judgment. Because it says that that when it was necessary, they could ask certain questions of Hashem via the the Choshen and, and get certain important in, information. That's the opinion of, of, of Rashi. In, in contradistinction to that, Rabbi Avram, the son of the Rambam, he argues on Rashi and he says that no, there was no parchment with Hashem's name actually written in the, in the folds of the Choshen. Rather, the stones of the Choshen themselves, they were the Urim V'tumim, because Choshen, he says, comes from the words Choshen, which is Chosh. In other words, it's, it's something very, very sensitive, something that, that feels. The Choshen was actually something that was capable, whatever that means, of, of, of emotion. And he was able to feel the answer that was coming from, from Shemayim and project it onto the letters on, on, on top of it. Now, um, you know, any time the Jews, the Jews had an important question of national significance that needed to be, to be uh, decided, so they would get an answer from, from Shemayim via the, the, the Shekhinah. Now, what do we do today? Today, we don't have a base of Mikdash. Today, we don't have an Urim Batumim at all. So the Chasim Seifer brings down in his, in his Chuvis, he says, concerning this, Chazal have said in the first parak of, of Baba Basha, that even though we don't anymore have prophecy, and there are no prophets around to espouse prophecy, Nevertheless, uh, uh, the great insight was not taken away from our, our Chachamim, right? Not as was explained that the Chachmah wasn't taken away from the Chacham. That's not what it means. It means that even Nevuah wasn't taken away from our great, from our great uh, Chacham. In other words, that type, that portion of, of Navua that a person attains through making the effort through his learning and his attaining of great knowledge in, in Torah because a person who sits and learns Torah Lishma for its own sake as it says he merits many many things with his intellect and, and, and his wisdom even though that that uh, these things really are beyond the 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 conception and the understanding of of a of a person. Still, the the uh, the chacham has some kind of a nevua of chachma that is retained even 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 nowadays. Not in other words, what we're saying the chasam seifer is is revealing to us that someone who learns Torah. Lishma, for the reason of wanting to know Torah, wanting to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wanting to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so he can he can merit even the Kayach of prophecy. And, and, uh, and therefore, as a matter of course, his, his halachic decisions, his piske halacha, so they come through the power of Nevoah that he has. Right? For example, in the, in the response, in the Shalas in the of Rabbi Akiva Eger, in Simon Ayin Dalit, so he brings a question that he was asked. And he didn't really want to decide the question by himself. And because of that, he sent the question to his father-in-law, to the Chasm Seifer. And the Chasm Seifer sent back to him that uh, you have to check 
that the witnesses, there's all question about, 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 about a marriage, you have to check whether possibly the witnesses were relatives. And Rabbi Akiva writes about that, that even though there was really no reason, it didn't seem to be relevant at all to check the witnesses, but since the Chassam Seifer said so, they checked and they saw that really that they were uh, 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 relatives and therefore were not valid uh, 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 witnesses. And as he says, Ruach Hashem it was clearly the spirit of Hashem that was that was manifest through the words of the of the uh, of the Chassam of the Chassam Seifer. The Chazanish, in fact, brings in his in his in his letters that says that when a person goes deeply into halacha, that at that time they mamish achieve a level like angels and, and, and divine ruach comes, comes upon them. And he, and he writes, but for the law, everything comes through ruach HaKadosh, which dwells on all those people who sit and learn Torah in order to arrive at a, 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 a proper conclusion. We'll carry on with this vein. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your way to Erev Shabbos, Kaddish, Pashas, Tetzabah, Tavshin, Peibes. We're talking about the Urim Betumim, which of course doesn't exist nowadays, but we're talking about that which is written and imprinted on the hearts and minds of our Tamil Chacham. We spoke about the concept of Ruach HaKadosh, and this, of course, we can understand why we can, why we need to, and why we can rely on the insight and the, and the, the psak of great Chacham, even in areas that are not strictly Halacha. A Talmud Chacham is able to Paskin is able to direct, is able to give instruction because his, his uh, Ruach HaKadosh comes from something beyond, beyond nature. It's kind of, as we said, a low level of even of, of prophecy. It's, it's, a, it's a spirit that comes to him from Shomayim that allows him to, to give us the right direction, to give us the right advice in any kind of, of area. And, and direct us to the truth. And therefore, even in areas that are not strictly halacha, we have an obligation to consult with them and to accept and follow their, their in instructions. Because the Torah says, so you cannot deviate from what the Chachamim tell you in either, in either direction. Right? As we're told in, in the Navi, in, in Shmuel Aleph and Perak Tess, when uh, the the uh, asses of 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 Kish, the father of Shol, got lost, and for three days Shol searched for these for these animals, and after three days, where they couldn't find the the, the animals, so Shaul suggested that we should maybe stop looking, and he said to his to his assistants, "Let's let's go home." Because uh, you know, maybe the maybe our father's going to stop worrying about the donkeys. He's going to stop worrying what happened to us. So then his assistants suggest him that maybe they should go to the to the navi. He calls him a roye, a a seer, because he'll tell us maybe where the donkeys are. So we see from this, says the the chedushe horim, that you need to go to a tzaddik not only for those things that are seemingly. A, a, a spiritual, like halacha, but even for simple things like where the animals are. Now, Chaim Tzans told a story. He says, when I was a child, even before my bar mitzvah, so the chayzeh said to me that I enjoy very much seeing you because you're going to be a leader of the, of, of the generation. And therefore, I had aroused in me a tremendous, tremendous desire to find out what do I need to do to become the, a leader of the generation. And I see that the, the chayze, that even when the chayze was busy uh, you know, meeting people and, 
and 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 greeting and giving and giving aids to people. We had huge crowds, right? At certain times, he would tell them all to go out, and they all went out, and I hid in order to know to find out what what the chazer was doing, and I saw that the rov was walking back and forth. And suddenly, he came to me and he said, do you know why did I tell everyone to leave, to leave the room? Right? Because that, uh, uh, you know, when the Besamekdash was, was standing, when any Yid wanted to know what to do, so he went to the Urim Atumim, and they told him, right? Should he go or shouldn't he go? Because on the Urim Atumim, Right, the the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu would would light up. Today, unfortunately, we don't have the Urim Atumim, but we can still see in the Torah whatever we need to know, because there are six hundred thousand letters in the Torah. Right, not not literally, but and all of them are different combinations of Hashem's name, and suddenly in the middle of 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 seeing all these people. So, whatever I learned before, so I, I lost the effect of that. And I couldn't anymore access that, that shame of I, and I didn't know what to tell people and how to give the right, the right uh, advice. Therefore, I, I, I told them to please to go in order that I should be able to learn a little bit and again reconnect myself, myself to that, to that, uh, to that level, and therefore, I sat down, and uh, you know, and uh, even though it was going to be a, a tremendous tircha for the tzibur, they were going to have to wait even even longer. And I know there are people that are that are in a hurry that are not able to 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 wait, and therefore, I thought to learn at least you know a parak of mishnayos to learn maybe ezum and common in order that I should have some Torah. To, to, to light the way for me, light up my eyes, and I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't need to keep the tzibur, the tzibur waiting. David Melech says, went up to Shemayim Shavisa Shevi, you took captives, you took a greatest gift for, for human being. And, and we know that this Pasuk, the Gemara says, is explained about, about uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and, and the Besalevi explains that there are three different levels in in the learning in the learning of Torah. Right? The first one is that Shavisa Shevi, you took a captive, in other words, the 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 information that one imbibes, one learns Torah, facts that one gets without too much struggle, without too much give and take, that's the Shevi. We take it I sort of I want to speak against the will of the person we're taken from, that's our, our entree to Torah. Number two, lakakta you took, that's a already taking, is already a, a give and take, which is, is expressed through the, a discussion between the giver and, and the taker, the buyer and the seller. And number three is matana. That's completely one, one-sided where the person Give something to the recipient. And he says that's the way it was by, by Matan Torah. First of all, Shavisa Shevi. At the beginning of Limud, a person just needs to grab whatever he can, whatever he's able to, all the facts, all the information, all the chokhmah he possibly can. He has to, he has to cram into himself. After that, Lakakta. Then he has to really, really work hard in the Amala Shal Torah. And if he works hard and he's able to understand Torah, you're gotten what Sasatam. And if you work hard and, and, and you and you're able to achieve, then we can believe you. But only afterwards can a person be merit the matana, the gift that Hashem will give him, will give him Chachmah. The Torah was given to us as a gift, and we have to work hard to understand it. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that it all was. A, a, a gift. And that's what it says about Dovah Melech, 
says, Vayan Echamehan Horim, Vayomer, one of his lads answers and says to him, Hineroyisi, Bein Liyishai, Beislachim. I see there's another son of, 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 of Yishai. Yodea Nagin, he knows how to, he knows how to uh, uh, play an instrument. The Gibochayel, he's very strong. The Ishmachomi is a man of war. The Novoindov, he understands things. The Ishtoyar, he's a beautiful person, Vashem Imai. And Hashem is with him. And the, the Gemara in Sanhedrin Sadi Gimel, what does it mean? Vashem Imai? The Allah is like David in any situation. Why is that? Why is the Allah like David in every situation? Because Hashem is with him. In other words, he was Zeichen to the Siyata Deshmaya. A person is able to, to, to understand and, and, and always get the Allah right only if he merits Siyata Deshmaya. Hashem gives him wisdom. From the mouth of Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes knowledge and deep and deep understanding. But in order to get that chachma of the halacha, so then one has to work and understand how to figure things out, how to how to weigh up different different factors. But at the end of the day, that's not. What fixes the halacha? It is the siyata, the shmaya that is with you, that, that, that allows Atama Chacham to decide the halacha correctly. And therefore, we understand the, the special tefillah that used to be said by Rabbi Nechunya ben, ben Akan in, in Brachas brings Shaloya Ara Dava Takala Al Yodi that nothing, no mistakes should come through me with like a koshal and I shouldn't stumble, I shouldn't make it, you know, be, be tripped up in words of halacha, the yismu and my friends will rejoice because I made a mistake. And therefore, for instance the Gemara the Gemara says in, in Ksuvis that a a student is not allowed a paskin halacha in front of his rebbe, and even not on, on on a simple basic question. Why? Well, because he's not going to have siyata d'shmaya. If he's if he's in front of his rebbe and and, and the rebbe is the moyadasa, he's not going to have this You know, he's not going to be able to paskin paskin uh, uh, correctly. Furthermore, we find that uh, a rav has the siyata d'shmaya, right? To, to paskin halacha practically correctly, right? To the extent where sometimes in, in, in the situation arises, it's possible that, you know, a, a rov might uh, make a mistake in, in, in the logic of the psak. But even so, practically bottom line, when it comes to giving a decision, we're going to see that he didn't make a mistake in, in, the, in, 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 the, in the actual you know, a handing over of the Pesach, and the halacha is like him, even though he may have actually, in the logic, he may have gotten it, gotten it, uh, got, gotten wrong. The Gemara in Gittin relates the following story. Someone sent a get, a document of divorce for his wife, through the agency of a shaliach, an agent, and he said to her, don't Give this get to my wife only after 30 days have passed. From the time I've given you the get, wait 30 days and then and then give it to her. Now what happened was some kind of incident occurred that was going to make it impossible for this agent to actually fulfill his mandate and you wouldn't be able to give the get to her after 30 days. So the messenger came back in front of the great Amira Rava to ask him what to do. So Rava said to him, right, we know that in a, in a situation that if an agent became sick, so that's considered circumstance beyond your control. Here too, this is a, a, a circumstance beyond control. And the Mishnah, we learned that let's say if the agent became ill and he's not going to be able to fulfill his mandate, so he's able to appoint 
another agent in his place, and Rava wanted to compare that situation of illness to this situation, and therefore Rava said to the agent, fine, give over the get in front of Bezdin to somebody else, so that after uh, uh, 30 days, this, this, uh, we can appoint a, another agent who will be able to give the get to the, to the woman. Now, the Talmudim students objected. Says, no, this is, this is, this is a, a, a situation where it's not going to work because this agent that you want to give it to is not actually able to carry out the divorce. In other words, because uh, uh, before 30 days have passed, so the agency actually doesn't take effect. And therefore, he's not called a shaliach to deliver the get because it's not, it's not, uh, he cannot deliver it until after 30 days. And therefore, he's not, you can't appoint another shaliach because that shaliach is not going to, is not going to be uh, uh, called, he's not going to be appointed as a shaliach. At this time, he has to wait until after 30 days. So Rava answered, no, since after 30 days he'll become an agent. So even now, he's already considered that the agency has taken effect. The Rabbanan did, didn't, didn't let up, and, and they tenaciously they asked Rava about this very, very halacha regarding whether an agent is able generally to uh, uh, divorce someone after 30 days. And they asked him, why aren't we worried that maybe during the 30 days, the husband and wife will meet and they'll patch up their differences and they'll decide maybe not to get divorced, right? Don't we have to, don't we have to worry that during that, that month between the time the get is handed to the agent until it's delivered, maybe the husband and wife were together and, and now they don't want the get anymore, and therefore the agency of the get is now is now cancelled. Didn't we learn that in such a situation, because that's a possibility, the get is now invalid? Because in fact, the Mishnah says that if a person says, "I want this get to take effect now," if I don't come back from where I'm going within a year, and then he dies within a year. So the Mishnah says, that is a good get. And they want to ask, why? Why don't we worry that maybe during the course of the year, the husband and wife had a rapprochement? So the Gemara quotes Rabbi Bachana, who says, this is what Abba Mori said in the name of Rav, where uh, 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 he says that, that uh, I trust her to say that I didn't come and there has been no, 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 no rapprochement. So Rava realized that he was wrong. And he was very, very embarrassed. And he hid his face because he didn't have an answer to the, to the questions of other students. At the end, the Gemara tells us what actually came out, that they weren't actually married. They were only engaged. And, and therefore, since that woman who he was sending the get to her was only an engaged woman and not a married woman. So Rava said, even if they said by a married woman, we might have to worry that there has been a, a, a coming together again. Are we going to say that? Are we going to apply the same rule to an engaged woman? And therefore, Rava said that once we now know what the truth of the situation is, it's clear that I never actually made a mistake. Because even though we do invalidate a get that was sent and only will be valid after 30 days because we're worried maybe the husband and the wife uh, uh, have, uh, have made up, that doesn't exist except when they're already actually married to the husband. But if they're only in, uh, in, in, uh, engaged and not yet, they haven't yet, uh, say, say, tied the, the knot, so it's logical that once he's already ordered the get set, he's not going to now cancel it by, by making up uh, with her. 
And therefore, all the fact that he might do that is a very, very, very low possibility. And therefore, by an engaged woman, the get is actually kosher. So we see that even though that Rava actually made a mistake in the in the Allah, and he was so embarrassed because he didn't have an answer for the challenges of, of his of his students, at the end of the day, the Gemara actually goes to lengths to tell us that it was clarified afterwards that what based on what the circumstances were, they were different from what they originally thought. And based on that, Rovo was actually correct and his sack was 100% correct. That is the Siata Deshmaya that, that uh, Gedolim get to make sure that they, they get it right. There's a story with the, uh, with the Orachayim HaKadosh, who was a rov in the city of, uh, of, of Sali, which is, which is near Rabat. It says there was once a Jew who was traveling home from a very successful business trip with a large amount of money. And he arrived in the town of Sali on Erev Shabbos, and he knew someone there. So he decided to spend Shabbos with him and asked him to put away his money till after Shabbos. Of course, after Shabbos, the host denied ever receiving the money and, on the contrary, screamed at his guests, how dare you here, I give you this beautiful Shabbos and now you make up all these trumped up charges against me. So they went to the Arach HaMakadosh and the Arach HaMakadosh said to the guests, do you have any witnesses that he gave you the money? So he says, no, unfortunately not. We were sitting under this tree and uh, I gave him the money there. So the Orcham Kodesh says to him, oh, wow, you were under the tree? So go to the tree and the tree will be a witness. So the man leaves. He knew the, the Orcham Kodesh was someone who could do miracles. So he left and started going to the tree. Very shortly after he left, the, uh, the Orcham says to the man, ah, oh, I'm sure he's already reached the tree. And the host says, nah, it's quite a long distance. So the Chamaqah says, oh, if you never took money from him, how do you know where the tree is? And immediately he gave him back the money. There's a special Siat Rishmaya that even though there's no Urim Tumim today, our Abonim HaKadonim are blessed with the ability to make decisions, to find things out, and to direct us and lead us in the most true and emesdika kind of way possible. This is 11.9 Chai FM. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is the program that you've been waiting for. This is Soul to Soul on the Erev Shabbos Kedish Pashas Titzave Tough Shin Pei Beis. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of our radio family. We're so glad. We're so glad to have you all on board as we begin this segment of our show, as we always do at this point in the broadcast. We talk about the very important times that you need to know for this coming Shabbos, Pashas Tzave. So, the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles this afternoon is at 5.32. 5.32 already, you can get your Shabbos underway. It's not so long from now, but it's enough time to get everything organized, get everyone showered, get all the food on where it needs to be, and certainly light the Shabbos candles and invite the beautiful aura and serenity and beauty of Shabbos into your into your home. We so need it. We need the tranquility. We need the rest. We need the time to reconnect with ourselves, with our family, with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. So let's start it as early as possible. The latest time for benching Lich this afternoon is at 6.36, 24 minutes before 7 o'clock. Although, of course, many communities... Accept uh, the standard summer Shabbos time for Johannesburg as being 6.15, but certainly whatever time it is that your community 
accepts Shabbos. In other words, gets to the point in the davening where they say Boy Vishalom and Mizma Shiryom Shabbos. Whether or not you personally have accepted Shabbos, you are bound to follow the lead of your community and Shabbos and Shabbos begins. But don't wait for that. As I say, do it, do it uh, earlier. So the uh, the Shkia then uh, today is at six fifty four, six minutes to seven. That's the absolute latest injury time you could possibly uh, uh, have. But definitely don't rely on that to get your last minute things things uh, things done. Therefore, if you want to daven Mayrev and be able to say Krishma and not have to repeat it. Again, if you wait about 12, 30 minutes after 7, and then Davin Meirev, you're good to go. You have no problem. You'll be able to then sit down and enjoy a beautiful Friday night meal with your family, with some nice zamiras, and some good food, and some good conversation, and some Torah words on the Pasha, or whatever it is that, that you want to discuss, that you want to raise, that you want to bring up, whatever discussions you'd like to have with your with your family. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we lay in Pasha Tzitzaveh. That's a weekly Pasha. And we actually read the Haftarah, the weekly Haftarah for that week. Again, it's not Haftarah that we read that often because in a year where where there's only one Adar, often Pasha Tzitzaveh is the Shabbos before Purim and becomes Pasha Tzachor. But this this year, of course, we have two Adars, so it's not. So we'll read the normal the normal Haftarah, and then it's a beautiful Shabbos, still quite a long day. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 25 minutes past past uh, uh, 7. And then, of course, during this week, we have the celebration of Purim Cotton, the miniature Purim that we celebrate when we have a Adarishan. So that will be on Tuesday. The Purim Cotton is on Tuesday. And the Shushan Purim cotton is on Wednesday. The Allah says one should have perhaps have a little nicer meal. We don't we don't say Tachanan on those on those days, but it's not a major a major issue. The major Purim of course comes exactly a month after afterwards. We are dealing in our Allah segment with Kiddish. We started last week talking about the two aspects of Shabbos. Zachor, the positive aspects and shamor, the obligation to responsibly look after the Shabbos and guard it and make sure it's not broken by violating any one of the 39 categories of of work. So obviously the question is how then do we actually fulfill the the positive mitzvah of Zohar of remembering the, the, the Shabbos. So as far as the Torah is concerned, anyone who mentions on Shabbos, the holiness of Shabbos, that, in fact, Shabbos is, as we discussed last time, uh, in commemoration of the creation of the world and commemoration of our exodus from Egypt. So by doing that, you've actually already fulfilled the biblical commandment of Zohar, of remembering Shabbos. However, our Chachamim, our sages, wanted that all the Jewish nation will fulfill this uh, 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 mitzvah of Zohar, of remembering Shabbos, in a much, much more uh, uh, precise and, and unified kind of, kind of way. And therefore, the men of the great assembly of the Anshe Knesset Haggadah, so they actually wrote a text of a barocha, that talks all about the Kedusha of, of, of Shabbos. And in order to give this bracha, this Kiddush, its due honor, its due respect, so they instituted to say that bracha over a cup of wine just before we sit down to enjoy our special Shabbos, Shabbos, uh, Shabbos meal. Now, there are some who are of the opinion that this is a, a Torah-based mitzvah to mention the sanctity of, of Shabbos over food or, or drink, which 
uh, uh, provides us with with pleasure and with and with uh, with uh, with joy, and therefore we uh, uh, the custom is in in addition to say before even we begin the blessing over the kiddush we say the psukim from parashat breshit hashem finished the heaven and and the earth now according to many many of the halachic authorities so in addition to the mitzvah to um, uh, remember and and take note of and and, and speak about shabbos when it actually comes in, the mitzvah of Zohar obligates us also to mention and note the, the passage of Shabbos when it's going out. So when Shabbos comes in, the mitzvah is to remember and mention its, its holiness and its very essence. And when it leaves, the mitzvah is to kind of uh, 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 make the distinction and, and kind of speak out the difference that exists between the holiness of, of Shabbos and the six days of, of, of the week. And therefore, according to many, the Havdalah that we say on, on, on Saturday night with the exit of Shabbos, uh, according to the opinion of many, many of the Allah authorities, is also a biblical mitzvah is also a mitzvah from the Torah, but just like by by Kiddush, uh, uh, as far as the Torah is concerned, it would be possible to fulfill the mitzvah simply by making a declaration by mentioning the distinction between Shabbos and Chol. That would be that would be enough. And it's Achacham who came along and instituted the concept of saying Havdalah. Over a a cup of uh, of of uh, of wine. Now the Chachamim didn't stop there. Chachamim added also the 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 uh, the uh, kind of the rule that we should say Kiddush not only on Friday night when Shabbos comes in, but also during the day of Shabbos, in order to show honor and deference for the day of, of Shabbos and to separate it and make it unique uh, uh, than from, from all the other days of the, uh, of the week. Right? That the fact that we, that we begin and commence our meal by making Kiddush, so that shows from the word go that this meal is a very, very important meal and a very unique and special meal and uh, and uh, why because we mentioned before we even start eating the holiness of of, uh, of of Shabbos but since there's no actual mitzvah to make Kiddush during the day and we just do it to show our honor and deference for Shabbos therefore the Anshek Nesagdele did not write a special bracha for the Kiddush on Shabbos morning we simply Say the Borea Priyagofen, the Brocha over the wine, and that really already constitutes the, the, the Kiddush. Okay, we add some Psukim about Shabbos. Uh, before that, just to sort of to flesh out the, the Kiddush and make it look a little bit more impressive, but the essence of the Kiddush in the morning is really just the bracha of Borupia Goffin. We're going to come back with some closing comments in a moment. This is 11.9. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chayfam Sultan back in the radio just for the last few minutes before we go off and get our Shabbos ready. We are talking about the different Kiddush on Shabbos on Friday night, Shabbos morning. And we said that the Kiddush in the morning is just really the Bracha Bar Piagafen. And it's actually called Kiddusha Rabba, the Great Kiddush, which is a little bit of a euphemism because compared to the Kiddush 
at night, the Kiddush at night is much, much more important than the one during the uh, during the day. Even though the truth is the meal, Shabbos meal during the day is more important than the meal at uh, at night, as we'll explain a little bit later. Nevertheless, the mitzvah of Zohar, we actually fulfill in the Kiddush that we make at, at night. And because there's this mitzvah to remember Shabbos as it comes in. And therefore, as soon as a person finishes davening on Friday night, they should hurry up, go home, and straight away try to fulfill this mitzvah of making of making Kiddush. If for whatever reason one was unable to make Kiddush on Friday night, so he hasn't lost out on, on the mitzvah, and on Shabbos morning, before he sits down to his morning meal, so he can say the bracha of Kiddush that one normally would say on Friday night, but he just would leave out the opening paragraph of Vayachulu, which is connected really to, to Friday to Friday nights. Now, if for whatever reason he didn't manage to make Kiddush either just before the meal on, on Shabbos morning, so so long as it's still day on Shabbos before sunset on Shabbos, it's still a mitzvah of him to say to say the kiddush. And obviously, he should be careful that after he makes kiddush, he should eat he should eat a uh, uh, something. Now, since as far as the Torah is concerned, you actually fulfill your obligation by just speaking about Shabbos. So some say that in the middle bracha of the Amidah which is also all about Shabbos, you already fulfilled the Torah's obligation of remembering Shabbos. But there were some people who weren't so sure about that for two reasons. Number one, because unfortunately, we don't necessarily, when we say the Shema Nesrei, have in mind to fulfill this mitzvah of, of, of Zohar. And therefore, halakhali, it's, it's paskind that mitzvahs needs intention. You have to be aware that you're doing a mitzvah. And the second reason that it's possible that we need to mention in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush on, on Shabbos, we have to mention Yitzias Mitzrayim. And on, on the davening on Shabbos, we only mention the concept of the creation of the, of the world. We don't mention the, the, uh, the, the uh, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and therefore, practically speaking, the Mitzvah and Atayra we actually fulfill when we make the Kiddush over, over the wine. And in addition, we already learned that the sum was sold, that some were old, that as far as the Taira, uh, uh, you only fulfill that Mitzvah when you say the Kiddush over wine. That's about all the time we have today. And therefore, we're going to just take the time to thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for really making the efforts to be part of our radio family. I hope you were inspired. I hope you learned something. I hope that this Shabbos will be a different Shabbos because you tuned in to this program. And just as we make our way out of uh, your earshot and go off to finish our own Shabbos, let me take the opportunity to wish every single one of those within earshot of my voice, a beautiful, warm, wholesome, invigorating, and inspiring good Shabbos.